Pastor Xavier Reese and the simple truths about the Savior. Listen to Hebrews 12, 2 on the other end of the book. He says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right of the throne of God. The author and the developer, the architect, to those who obey him. Real simple words, those who obey him. Obedience. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. How many times have you found yourself at the broken end of a promise? How many times have you counted on someone only to be let down? Well, today, from his study in the book of Hebrews, Pastor Xavier introduces us to a hope that will never fail. Let's get started as he begins with the text for today's Simple Truths. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 5 through 10, the message is entitled, Jesus is superior to Aaron, the high priest. As you know, the Jewish high priest was the only one who could go to God once a year. He was the go-between, but he was only a shadow of things to come, as we'll see. He was pointing to the ultimate high priest of Jesus Christ. And so in verses 5 through 10, these Hebrew Christians are told three ways how Jesus Christ fulfilled the requirements of the high priests and even beyond them, as we'll see. Let me read here for us. So also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was he who said to him, you are my son, today I have begotten you. As he also said in another place, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek who in the days of his flesh, when he was offered up prayers and supplications with them and cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him, called by God as a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. Here's how Christ fulfilled the requirements of the high priest. First of all, verse 5 and 6, Jesus was ordained by God. Jesus was ordained by God. Secondly, in verse 7, Jesus was an ordinary man. He was an ordinary man. Notice the phrase, in the days of his flesh, it refers to his incarnation, as we've seen over and over again implied by the scriptures from chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, even up to five. And the statement, notice once again, reminds the reader that Jesus can identify and understand with their weaknesses as a faithful high priest. So he was one just like us, dependent on God like all others. When he had offered up prayers and supplications with them and cries and tears. Now we can all identify here. Now notice the thing that Jesus offered up to God, the Father, was prayers and supplications. And the word prayers is deces, which means special or definite prayers. The word supplication is a word that only appears as one time in the New Testament, and it means entreaties, entreaties, beggings, the, the urgency, the passions behind that word. And notice the manner in which Jesus offered these prayers and supplications was with them in cries and tears. That phrase means strong cryings. 
with the idea of uncontrollable crying. So intense was the moment that Luke says this in Luke twenty two forty four. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Medically, we know this condition. And what happens is the capillaries burst forth because of this pressure and the agony and blood comes forth through the skin. Three kinds of prayers were described by the rabbis. Entreaties, crying, and tears. You have them here. The experience of Jesus demonstrates in detail all human weakness to sympathize with others. It is the epitome. And notice thirdly in verse 7 there that Jesus was a man who made a petition like no other man. Listen to it. To him who was able to save him from death. Jesus did not pray to the Father to be delivered from dying or death itself as some teach at times. For Jesus knew from the beginning that he was going to come to die for man's sins. In fact, we've read in chapter 2, verse 9, that he tasted death for every man by the grace of God. Jesus declared his death and resurrection every time after the confession of Caesarea Philippi in Matthew 16 from the mouth of Peter. He always mentioned it. His disciples did not understand him. Peter tried to rebuke him. Jesus told him, get thee behind me, Satan. He knew he was going to die. In fact, Jesus said, except a corn of wheat fall to the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit, John 12, 44. So those people who say that Jesus was trying to get out of dying in the Gethsemane don't understand the scriptures. He wasn't trying to get out of it. The prophecies of his death are through the Old Testament in Isaiah 53 as a lamb to the slaughter. He was bruised for our iniquities. Psalm 22, he cries from the cross. Psalm 16, 10, death could not hold him. His body could not see corruption. Jesus knew, and this is the key, what he would experience. This was the agony. This was a cup. Save me out from death, not from death itself. He had to die for me in my place. Save me from the agony of this cup. What is that? He knew that he would experience broken fellowship with the Father for the very first time from all eternity. You and I know nothing about that. In a way that we do not understand or cannot reconcile, Jesus was separated from the Father for a set time, for you and for me. And he understood this. This was the agony. This was the passion. This was the pain on one side. On the other side is the burden and weight of all the sins of the world upon him. This was the agony. This was a cup. Jesus prayed that the cup might pass from him. He would become sin for us who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him in 2 Corinthians 5.21. Nevertheless, not my will be done, but your be done. Three times he prayed. Three times. Jesus would have the Father turn his back on him as he cried from the cross, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Quoting Psalm 22.1. And the reason is given to us in Psalm 22.3. But you are holy. And for a set time, God the Father turned his back on the Son for me because of me. You understand? When they came to arrest him in the garden, he told Peter, Put away your sword and your sheath. The cup which the Father has given me, shall I not drink it? 
Now, how is it that some say it's trying to get out of it? The victory was at Gethsemane. The cross was the application. He went through it. It was in the garden. He got up. It was over. He wanted to glorify the name of the Father, John 12, 28, and over and over and over again. And he did so. And notice, fourthly, there in verse 7 still, that Jesus was a man who feared God. And was heard because of his godly fear. So the reason why Jesus was heard is given to us here. Because of his godly fear. And the word godly means to act cautiously in a pious, devoted way to the Father and his will. The reason Jesus was heard was that he revered, he venerated in a pious devotion the Father's will above his own. Not my will, but your be done. And so God heard him because he revered. He was totally submissive. He gave the Father the preference. Now the teaching that Jesus was heard because he feared death is not true. He was heard because he revered the Father's will and agonized over the separation. And so Jesus in his godly fear submitted to the Father's will, receiving and accepting his sovereign choosing Revealing his humanity, the epitome of it, so that none of us can ever say, Jesus, you don't understand pain. You don't understand betrayal. You don't understand loneliness. Hmm, I don't think so. The high priest atoned for the sins of the nation on Yom Kippur, October 10th. Jesus, the high priest, was atoning the sins of the world. Each of us have to have a, our own Gethsemane, a place where we come to accept God's will for our lives. Many Christians fight it, and they're miserable all their lives. Uh, we have to be like Jacob to come to that place where we fight and wrestle with the angel of death, and he touches our hip so we can't run in fear of our brother, <laughs> that we depend upon God. There will be times when you will go through agony all by yourself. But he will understand and he will strengthen you. The benefit of submitting to God's will in time of agony and difficulty is that God has a great benefit. He knows the end from the beginning. Too often the difficulty of agony that should last only 11 days Last 40 years, like the wilderness journey. 11 days they could have been in the promised land. They turned it to 40 years. Some Christians turned the agony of their cup into a lifetime because they do not submit to the will of the Father. They're very rebellious, very self-willed. They're very death set in their ways. The agony is legitimate, and it's from God, but it's not to last all your lifetime. He is sufficient. Why some of us go through more things than others, there's no, no answer to that. God is sovereign. Some would look down upon you if you go through difficulties. I would say that God looks upon you with greater favor than me. If I don't go through many difficulties, he knows I'm a wimp. can't handle it. Some of the greatest saints have been the most sickly, the most persecuted. 
And when they submit to God's will, they don't focus on that. They focus on what God is doing and what God is and who he is. But whatever happens, not one of us will ever be able to say, you don't understand. You can't say that. Not after this passage. And so Jesus fulfilled the requirements of the high priest because he was an ordinary man. Now notice lastly, Jesus was able to do it in the ordinary way. In verse 8, Jesus became high priest through growing obedience. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. Jesus, though he was a son, literally son of God, there is no article emphasizing quality and character here. I do always those things that please the Father, John 8, 29. Though he was perfect as the son, Jesus learned obedience through the things he suffered. And the word learn means to increase in knowledge, arriving at a new level of experience in obedience. And every time you and I obey, we come to a new level of experience through obedience. Your children do that. You do that. And so Jesus did the same thing. This is the only place in the New Testament that the word is found here, learn, this particular one. He could learn nothing as the Son of God in his perfection. But in the realm of the incarnation, he didn't think it robbery to be equal with God or to grab or to clutch onto it to make himself equal with God, but he emptied himself and he took on the form of a servant. He submitted himself. He learned obedience, even obedience to the death of the cross, Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Obedience to die for the redemption of man. Understanding the outcome of complete obedience. Later on in chapter 12, he sandwiches it together. He says he despises the shame of the cross, but he enjoyed, endured it for the joy that was set before him, that many would be born again. Okay? He was God's eternal son, but submitted himself, notice that, to the Father and learned experientially what it meant to obey the Father. He became sin, and he became a curse for us, Galatians 3.13. He agonized in the depth of his suffering, knowing what awaited him, but he obeyed. There's a play on words here between the verbs learn and uh, suffered. These sufferings were both penal and vicarious, and in that they were being punished on him for me, I received the benefit. So the high priest, the office of Jesus, it was uniquely discharged to him through redemptive sufferings listen to Hebrews 2.10 for it was fitting him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering now if that was the case with our Lord and Savior what should we say about us Jesus was not shielded from pain or sorrow but in fact, the test of his obedience became increasingly severe till the death on the cross. Luke 2.40 says the child grew and he became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom and grace of God was upon him. And in Luke 2.52, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. One day talking to Alan Redpath, when we had the privilege of going to England and seeing him at his house, we asked him, how it was in older age, as he was up in his 80s already, how the warfare, he says, it only gets worse. He says, Satan never gives up. So we all looked around and said, well, that's quite encouraging. 
But you know what? It's best to tell the truth, right? That makes us go to Jesus. Hmm. Jesus became the epitome of example for these Hebrew Christians. As Jesus submitted himself to the Father's will, being obedient even to death of the cross, so they should in their persecution, which he deals with in chapter 10, 32, and 34, which probably is one of the reasons why they wanted to go back to the Jewish sect. He's saying, look to your master, look to your high priest. Look what he did for you. He is sufficient for what you have to go through for him. The process described here in verse 7 and 8 reveals the validity of Christ's humanness to have compassion and to be able to succor those who are tempted in every point as we are, every way. Now notice secondly in verse 9, Jesus became high priest of salvation. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all those who obey him. The exaltation of Jesus, therefore by virtue of the process, Jesus became qualified to bring many sons into glory as we've seen in chapter 2 verse 10. The author of eternal salvation. The word perfected means to bring to completion or to an end. To the goal appointed for him by the Father. There was a goal. Jesus took one step at a time. He grew. He learned. He matured. He developed as a man. Like you and I have to in our walk. Look how far you've been walking with God. Where are you now? Have you grown? Have you developed? Have you matured? Or are you still playing with a rattle? And you're 20 years old. This word appears eight times in the Hebrew, perfected. Jesus, as God noticed, needed not perfection, for he was perfect in every way. But as man, Jesus was made a little lower than the angels, and he needed to be fully equipped for his high priesthood for sinful man. And this is exactly what he's talking about. In fact, the Septuagint, uh, the word describes the consecration of the hands of the high priest in the book of Exodus. Jesus is a true man. The last Adam experienced the same growth, development, and maturity as other men as he emptied himself of his glory and took on the form of a servant. The same. And so he became the author of eternal salvation. The word author means the cause. This is the only time this word appears. He is the cause, the originator of eternal salvation. Listen to Hebrews 12, 2 on the other end of the book. He says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right of the throne of God. The author and the developer, the architect. It's him and him alone. To who? To those who obey him. There it is. Real simple words. Those who obey him. Obedience. I agree with who he is. I obey with what he says. I walk with him. He is merciful. He is able to care for me. And notice lastly in verse 10. Jesus became high priest by the highest authority. Called by God as a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. The word call appears only this time meaning to address or to give a name publicly, to salute, in this case by God as high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Highest order, above Levi, above Aaron, the tribe of Judah. 
order of Melchizedek. No king on earth was ever high priest. No high priest on earth was ever king. Melchizedek was both priest and king. Jesus is a prophet, priest, and king once again. I have found that children who have parents who tough things out, children who have the example of home of parents who don't give in or cave in, parents who are able to deal with the situations of life are usually very resilient children. Now, there's always exceptions. But for the most part, your children are going to emulate you. And if you turn to God for your difficulties and you show what God can do through his spirit and his word, then your children are going to have a lot better chance to do likewise. What an awesome responsibility we have. You and I as believers are to learn through obedience, through the things that we suffer. You can suffer because of your own ignorance. And sometimes you may suffer because of Jesus' direction. Only you can know. If it's by the hand of God, then open your heart to it. You'll be more like him and less like you, and that's always good news to everybody. It's necessary. But for a time, Peter says, you'll come out purer than gold. But if you resist that, then you stay the same. In fact, you end up worse because you've lost time, development, and maturity. Obedience is absolute. There are no shortcuts. Shortcuts get you in trouble. Shortcuts will find you out. They're costly. And so Jesus, our great high priest, who offered up the sins of the world in contrast to Aaron, who only offered up the sins of the nation. Once again, Jesus comes out shining. He can't be touched. Jesus fulfilled the requirements of the high priest because he was able to do it in the ordinary way. And therefore, I can do it. If I understand this, I live much more responsibly. I live much more in reality. And I definitely live more dependency on God. And so, these Hebrew Christians were told three ways how Jesus fulfilled the requirements of the priest. Jesus fulfilled the requirements of the high priest because he was ordained by God. Jesus fulfilled the requirements of the high priest because he was an ordinary man. And Jesus fulfilled the requirements of the high priest because he was able to do it in the ordinary ways. Obedience, suffering, dependency. If we understand this, guys, it makes a difference. And if you're going through things right now, go to him. He understands. He was more than faithful. Pastor Xavier Reese and the anchor of hope and help.
Now you can pick up your own copy of this message. The title to ask for is, Jesus is Superior to Aaron the High Priest. As with any study, it's available on CD for just $4. And remember, this will also include everything we heard the last time we were together as well. Once again, the title to ask for is, Jesus is Superior to Aaron the High Priest. Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please remember to include the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This helps us check on the impact of this outreach in your area. Can the path to victorious living ever be found? Find out next time on Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com